You've survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Black Man with a Gun Show. This is episode 372. I'm going to talk about the NRA annual meeting, some personal issues, Omega Armory. I got shout outs for days. And guess what? Bones Hooks is back. Smart guns is still a dumb idea. I'm back, baby. Blackmanwithagun.com. Ken Blanchard's Pro Gun Podcast. Hey, hey, hey. How you doing? Thank you for joining me again this week. It's been a while, right? How you doing? Check out blackmanwithagun.com. I'm also on Facebook. And I got a couple of pages there. Love to hear from you. Right after John Wayne leads us in the Pledge of Allegiance, we're going to get on with episode 372. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I almost got a job the other day. Did I tell you about that? Well, it was like one position at this one computer company, and we both had the same qualifications. So in order to determine which one of us to hire, we were asked to take a test by the department manager. After we got done, both of us missed only one question. The manager went to the first guy and said, thank you for your interest, but we decided to give the job to the other guy. And I said, why would you be doing that? We both got nine questions correct. And he said, We have based our decisions not on the correct answers, but on the questions that you missed. I was like, oh, and just how would one incorrect answer be better than the other? He said, simple. The other applicant put down question number five. I don't know. Uh, You put down. Neither do I. Being an armed citizen means having a gun with you all the time. Carrying a firearm every day requires a holster that is both concealable and comfortable. Whether you choose our Super Tuck Deluxe or Mini Tuck, you'll have the confidence that comes from being discreetly and comfortably armed, prepared to face unforeseen dangers. Crossbreed holsters are handmade in the USA, come with a lifetime warranty and a two-week try-it-free guarantee. Order your holster today at CrossbreedHolsters.com. I still think that smart guns is still a dumb idea. I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Both sides of the gun control debate don't like violence. But that's about as close as the two sides will ever get. One side blames violence on the gun as if the darn piece of metal and wood and polymer hurts, maims, and kills without a human finger being behind it. And then us on the other side, the gun rights folks, try to keep what we have and what we can pass on to our grandchildren. But there are a bunch of people, probably more people than not, in the middle that don't know a slide from a barrel. And it's this group that's caught in the crossfire of fact and fiction over the so-called smart gun. They've seen the stuff on television, man. People like James Bond and Judge Dredd, Aliens 2 and other sci-fi movies where they use technology to keep guns out of the wrong hands. And technology's our friend, right? Well, see, the truth is, smart gun technology is not new. It has not been used because it's unsafe. It's not safe to use a firearm that does not use 100% probability of working when you need it. 
It is not safe because criminals will not comply with yet another law imposed only on the law abiding. It is not safe because the more complex you make something, the greater the probability of failure. Battery is not included. Technology can be and will be defeated. You don't need a battery-operated fork. The truth is, to make a gun safer just requires educating the user. You cannot idiot-proof a mechanical device. You have to educate our society. Thou shalt not murder is still confusing to some people. And a smart gun is way, way beyond that. So why did the Marylanders certainly get uh, pissed off with that guy up in Engage Armament in Rockville? Well, Mr. Raymond, a store known for his custom rifles. We're kind of sore, kind of still smarting from the abuse we took when the governor here changed the gun laws to fit his own agenda. And see, it looks like that he was making a concession to people who you knew ultimately would change things around for us. We saw that if smart guns were successfully a selling point, then some politician would use it to mandate that all firearms or all future firearms be implemented with such devices. Gun control groups and politicians would almost certainly push for mandatory smart guns. New Jersey, where the debate on the topic has gotten further than anywhere else, actually has a dormant statute on its books that would require that all guns sold in the state have smart technology wherever it's available. Why? Because there's a smart gun making company in New Jersey, of course. It's always like that. Here in Maryland, for example, you can't buy a Bushmaster, but you can get a Colt. Why? Because Colt has some influence in politics here for a, for a minute. And the legacy is it's still here, even though they're identical. That kind of stuff still happens around the world. See, Mr. Ang- Mr. Raymond's uh, actions pissed off the gun community because it was like he shot us in the back. He's making deals. He's trying to I know he's a businessman and all. I know. And it's real hard to be a farms dealer in Maryland. But nobody wants to be sold out for profit. And that's where all this anger came from. That's where all the passion came from. It was basically a Jim Zumbo move. If you actually saw the video that was on the Post TV, he's actually talking, guns in the background, a bottle of looks like uh, bourbon or whiskey on the table, and he's smoking a cigarette. I won't even go into how that's not a positive image that you want for your business selling firearms, but that's that. There's at least three smart gun companies in Europe, and Mossberg even has one. Colt tried it back in 1999, and it failed miserably. When it comes to self-defense, always teach simplicity. We can make better technology, but we can't make better people. No matter how far we've gone with the MP3s, the CDs, the DVDs, we haven't been able to make man better. There is just so much wrong with this smart gun stuff that I could go on forever. There has never been and never will be a one-stop solution for anything having to do with humanity. Sorry, that's just how it is. There are a lot of people trying to sort it all out, though, and make a buck. The key to it is to sort out which is which, identify it, and neutralize the threat.
I love tech like the next guy, but let's not infringe any further on our rights. You can find a link to this story, which is also at gunrightsmagazine.com. Say hello to Dave Cole, too, while you're there. Good guy. Want to know how I've survived all this long? Support from you. If you're not supporting this podcast, you can. For as little as a dollar or as much as you want per episode. It's a new crowdfunding program called Patreon.com. Go to patron.blackmanwithagun.com and support your friend and brother from another mother. Keep me kicking, please. Become a patron today. Before I went to the National Rifle Association meeting in Indianapolis, Indiana this year, I asked some black folks that recently became active online if they were going. 99% of them said they weren't. They gave me all kinds of reasons like work, home obligations, and distance from where they lived, and monetary. I don't doubt what they said, but somebody who's gone to many, I understand. There is a perception if you're new to the gun community that the NRA is a whites-only event. I'm a life member. Been so since about 2000. I've been a part and been working with it since about 1989, I think. I help whenever I can. The NRA doesn't do a good job of stopping their perception that's racist. It's not. If you have never attended the NRA annual convention, let me explain and share some observations for you. And this is all my observation, so that's the word they always say. Your results may vary. Yeah, that's it. First, it's a very large convention. I think it has like four big parts to it. The largest part is a big old gun show with a liberal sprinkling of knife stuff. You can buy a whole bunch of fixed blades in that joint. The next part is the NRA corporate meetings, the seminars, the teachings, and the big pep rally. A lot of that. And the third part is heavily geared toward the lovers of country music and NASCAR. You know, the racetrack goes around in a circle. Culturally, that alone will keep a lot of folks out. You don't have to be racist to, to be exclusive. And the fourth part is for everybody else, the new people, the younger people, the industry people, the podcasters, the bloggers, the YouTube creators, the journalists, and people from around the world. A lot of foreigners are walking around in there. Yeah, they are. And for this latter group, there's posers and posters and videos showing the faces of uh, NRA folks like Mr. Colion Noir, Nikki Turpo, Natalie Foster, and that other dude with the leather jacket. Don't know why I don't know his name, but you'll see people... Famous board director members like uh, the basketball star, Carl Malone, even though I've never seen him at a meeting or at a convention. You can't buy a firearm at this show, but you can see, hear, touch, feel, and smell plenty of them. There's celebrities that walk on the floor right next to you, and you actually glimpse and be right next to some famous people and not even know it. I've walked past members and uh, Aerosmith, Steven Tyler. Walked real close to the duck commander before I knew who he was. 
he turned the corner and there was this giant life-size thing of his face. And it was a huge booth of people waiting to see him. Same thing with um, R. Lee Ermey from Full Metal Jacket. He's been on this show. And a host of other movie people are always on, the, on their grind. And you'll usually see him at a booth somewhere signing autographs. About 100,000 people make reservations for this event every year. So if you want to go to the one next year, which is in Nashville, Tennessee, you might want to start saving your ducats now because rooms fill up really, really fast. The convention is usually held in a place that is family and gun rights friendly, and it just happens to be into country music. So you won't see it in New England, Washington, D.C., or California. Is it racist? No. Will you be discriminated against? No. Will you have a good time? That's up to you. I learned that some people are just fun sponges. They'll suck the joy right out of anything. And I was trying not to be that this time around, even though I went there kind of sad. And I'll talk about that in a minute. See, this year, I even went to the Big Country concert because I, somebody gave me a ticket, actually. Now, I've been to everything else over the years, so what the heck? I saw for the first time Sarah Evans and that old rock group, Alabama. Yeah, it was a huge arena now. But before they started out, Sarah Palin was speaking, Wayne LaPierre was giving this thing, and Oliver North spoke. Now I've seen more parodies of Sarah Palin than the real deal, so I, I wanted to see. Well, at least I can cross that off my bucket list. There is, and usually, a whole bunch of other parties when this thing is going around. There's get-togethers and meetups. I tried to have one of my own last year in Houston, but had a good but tiny, tiny turnout. There's usually a bloggers meetup or podcasters thing. You just got to know the people who are know the people. I usually go for that one-fourth that doesn't go to the NRA country events. I go to meet people that I've been talking to online and podcasting to, whether you be white, black, brown, yellow, or pink. This year, I also went to sell and sign my book, Black Man with a Gun Reloaded. Because I needed to be re-energized myself, re-motivated. I've come a long way. I started out a firearms instructor that became the grassroots activist known as the Black Man with a Gun. And I'm a little world-weary. A little tired of fighting ignorance and arrogance and apathy for America. The right to keep and bear arms and freedom. Starting to get bummed out when I hear about so many of my brothers and sisters that weren't going. I was sad before I left. I see in their post on Facebook, their repost, all the posters, they, you know, the discovery of, you know, the right to keep and bear arms and, the, you know, the fire in their belly. But I was actually losing a little hope that things will never change. Isn't that something? But, hey, Sometimes it's like that. The company that built my awesome AR-15 that's on the cover of my book offered at the last minute to give me a table and some space to have a book signing. They're called ErgoGrips.net. It's a great company with some fantastic people in it. Quick shout out to Ernie Mike Travis who spoiled me rotten and supported me for the few hours I was there. And I say a few hours because I sold out of my book in just a few hours. Now, I was happy. I did the happy dance. 
until I realized I should have brought more like a dummy. It was a convention of like 70,000 people. I have never done so well. And I kind of shot too short. You ever shot too short? Had a squib load or whatever that thing is. Had a misfire. It came out, but it was like, bleh. Well, anyway, I met 100 people at the meeting that had never heard of me. I sold a book to about 40 of them. And I had to take that as a positive. I have at least 50 new friends. And if you have this book, you know a lot about me. And if you still want to talk to me, you're still listening, then I can call you a friend. Well, see, before I arrived, I sat on a flight with two anti-rights women from Moms Demand Action. Yeah, that was a piece of work. They were a happy chatting pair, knitting, talking about school and children. One was an art teacher and the other had a couple of school-aged daughters with a giant diamond on her finger. That thing was huge. We were good until I became part of the conversation. Yeah. I noticed the shirt and the button. Moms demand action at about 30,000 feet and was laughing hysterically on the inside. Out of all the people on this doggone plane, where did I have to be sitting next to? The flight was only an hour, a few minutes from Baltimore, so I didn't have too long to suffer should things get real bad, so I tried to keep cool. But right before we landed, we were getting all buddy-buddy and stuff, and they said, hey, what brings you to Indianapolis? I said, uh, family. I'm here to hang out with some friends and family. One lady says, hey, uh, you wouldn't be going to the NRA annual meeting, would you? I looked her dead in the eyes and smiled that Ken Blanchard smile. Why, yes, I am. Was I not the, the same tender, family-loving minister and artist she had commiserated with a few minutes earlier? But somehow I sensed that her, uh, her pulse rate had went up. The one closest to me said, we're, we're, we're not against gun owners. Uh, uh, my father hunts. I started my mini-speech based on what I had heard. I knew they weren't ready for the full dose of black man with a gun. Folks were listening in the front and back of me. I could tell. I could see them turning their head to cock their ear so they could hear. Please put your tray tables back in their locked positions and stewards prepare for arrival. Yeah. They had talked about this meeting a few minutes ago and how it was going to be a girl's weekend. One of them had said it and actually... None of them had actually met in person, and they were looking forward to being around each other and stuff, and it was going to be happy times. But now, my silence was scaring them. My father hunts, she said again. We exchanged pleasantries, and as soon as the door opened, they were gone. It's that kind of thing that I'm kind of weary of. There are a lot of negatives in gun rights. You have to fight with your friends, your family members. You have to defend the U.S. Constitution, the law, common sense. You got to put up with ignorance coming at you from people that can hurt you, like family and church members. And I've been doing it for a long time. I've been in places where I could have opened up more on them than I did this time. There's no shortage of people like that. I was explaining to somebody who was interested in having me as a show host. And I was telling them, 
I am not the angry black man. That's not me. I was hoping for some encouragement. I was hoping for some sponsors. I was hoping for somebody to say something that shared something with me that kept me going a little bit longer. Because maybe I had run my course. Maybe I'd just been doing this thing a long time. And you get me, but there's a whole bunch of people who just don't. You ever just start looking inward and getting all depressed? I started looking at all negatives. I didn't have the money to be traveling here, but here I was, right? You ever let the naysayers and the gremlins get to you? Most of us are frustrated trying to keep up. I was mad at my failures. I was wanting to blame somebody or something, but I knew it was just me. I was right on the edge of depression. I'm sure of it. And this is just me being me telling you how it is. It's coming from a guy who has been there and done that. I know life is what you make it. So I'm trying to just vent, man. I'm just trying to get this stuff out of my head, right? Thinking about tomorrow, planning for a future. I'm going to savor today. I know my past is a history. I'm going to live in the present for it is what it is. I just needed to to realize what Plato said, that the first and best victory is to conquer self. So that's what I was dealing with going to the NRA meeting. But the plane landed. I found me a taxi and got me a ride to the hotel. For the first time, I actually shared a room with a fellow podcaster and a friend who probably sorry that he did it. I know I talked his head off. I gave him like about three, four hours more of what you got right here. I gave him bits of my life that's been haunting me for years. And then I went to sleep like a big baby. I guess I needed that. Guess we all need that sometimes. Thanks, Rob. Well, Saturday came and I sold all my books. Like I said, saw great people like Shari and Dave from North Carolina, uh, Rick and Nick, Nikki Goser, John Richardson, Bob Owens, Cam Edwards and the whole NRA crew. I got a chance to meet Joyce Wilson of IDPA and a few vice presidents of companies, which was kind of cool. I met bloggers like Nick Humphreys and Aaron Pallett and Aaron Kendall. Met this tall dude named Zeke from uh, the Talking Lead podcast. Shared a beer with uh, Doc Green and a couple of cool folks from Texas named Perkins and ran into Rob Pincus and Chris Chang from Top Shot. I even talked to Manny of the gun auction and the head guy of Lone Wolf Distributors. And I got a chance to hug my sponsor of CrossbreedHolsters.com and show her my appreciation for sticking it with me. I mean, it's just been tough out here for a shrimp. One of my high points, though, was meeting folks like Hank and Lola Strange, not their real names, of course, tall brother by the name of Argo J, who once used a black man with a gun. In his video and folks like hammered him. Thank y'all for that. I would have never have seen it. But now I got a new brother. Heck, I got a new family. And they told me in a nice way that I had blazed the trail for him. That they said what I needed to hear, actually. And sometimes all you want in your life is to be recognized and to know that you matter. I got a couple of emails from you guys who heard me on School of Podcasting's interview and some other stuff. And I appreciate that. I've been interviewing like a fool 
since, since the NRA meeting. So I guess something happened. And I got a chance to, to cross-pollinate, too. I introduced Argo J to my muse, Dr. Robert Cottrell, the Georgetown professor that I met way back in the 90s. And I was like the middle guy, connecting the dots between the old and the new. It's kind of cool like that. Product-wise, I did see an AR-15 that's custom-made for 3-Gun. It weighs 4.5 pounds, I think it is, and you can control it like a boss and... The three guys that was with that was Chris, Joe, and Tyler of Omega Armory. The show notes has a link to it. I'm going to try to find the video. I have it. Um, I'll put it up a little bit later. I'm going to let you listen to my interview with uh, Hank and Lola Strange. There's a video out, um, exactly the same content, but here's the audio of it. Just a nice couple, married couple, uh, people of color that were running around there. Man, they were working it. I was so proud. Here's that interview with Hank and Lola Strange. I have the pleasure of being with Lola and Hank Strange. And what's super dynamic for me is that they're a married couple um, of color in the firearms community, and they don't realize how awesome they are. Um, you guys are making, you're doing the work. Um, Lola says they're, they're so close to the grind, they don't see the awesomeness. But I can tell you, how has this been, this experience of being an NRA, being um, a media person, being a person that people want to see and talk to, mm -hmm. but also being married. I mean, you guys got dual stuff happening here. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it, you know, everything goes so fast. I think that, yeah, we just, time just goes by and we don't think about it. I mean, we've got kids and, you know, we're here thinking about the kids back home and we're just getting up every day and working. We stay here until they close the place down, right? We've, every oh, yeah. single day. Every yeah. single day we've been here. Yeah. We stay till the lights dim out and then yeah. we leave. You know, and we've been here just, just hustling. Um, a lot of what we're trying to do, and the biggest reason for even coming was just to, to show, just to add some color to the mix. And that's been interesting. The very first day we were here, you know, my brother-in-law remarked, hey, I hardly saw any people. And I said, well, you know, it's the first day. It's Friday. Most people are working. Let's see it's Saturday. Tomorrow, yesterday was a big difference. There were people of color, men, women, Asian, Latino. It really didn't matter. You got to see that the NRA is becoming a sea of color. It is not just old white men like you may hear. So for me, I just enjoy being here, showing my face. For me, I'm a woman first, and then second, I know what everyone sees that I'm a black woman. So that's fine. I, I'm, that's exactly. But everyone's am, accepting so. of us. I think that's no matter where we do go, places where. <laughs> You know, we're the little black dots in the snow, but it, we don't feel uncomfortable. And it's, especially in the, in the gun community, we don't feel uncomfortable. I think people are happy to see us, and they're welcoming, you know, and helpful. So that it's made it easy for us to do what we're... We've always been partners like this. You know, we were, you know, friends before we were lovers. You know, you've heard of that song. Good stuff, man. Yeah. So, um... You know, we've always worked together like this, and and, be, and because we do that kind of stuff, we, we just easily, you know, just forget about everything going on around us and dig in and do the work and don't really appreciate all the things that are going on, right? Right, right. How long have you guys been married? 
Um, it's been over 14 years, right. right? Like 14 and a half years now. 14 and a half years we've been married. Yeah. That's huge, you know, right? Yeah. People don't even keep friends that long. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't think we've kept friends that long. No. no you survive. You survive. This is my longest friend that I've ever had in my Indeed. life. Yeah. She's my partner in crime, everything. I'm pretty proud of her. She works really hard. You know, Lola's a uh, professional. I don't know if she wants me to tell everyone what she does. You know, she's also my sugar mama. You know, she helps fund all this stuff we do here on the channel. I have to do a lot of begging and, you know, making deals like rubbing the feet and stuff like that. Like husbands and wives yeah. too, right? It's awesome. I, I enjoy the journey even more than the destination. Cool. Where are we going next? What are we going to do in 2015? I think we're just going to keep stepping it up, right? Absolutely. We're going to continue stepping it up. Uh, Hank's background has always been film and video. So this has just been an avenue for him to express himself um, in terms of what his um, talents are. But he can do way beyond this. And we are really hoping to move this to the next level in terms of even doing video production, which has been his first love. Uh, life happens. We stopped. We had children. He's been a full-time dad always has been there for the children and that's been what's kind of you know had him pull back a little bit so this is really just getting his feet wet again and just kind of staying you know in the film community but really and truly within the next year we are going to step it up some more and i have to be more creative you'll see some short films <laughs> right gun related exactly. as well you know some real gun action not the hollywood style things that's what we've been planning on doing I don't know if you saw it, but a little light bulb like went over my head. <laughs> yeah, I did. I was like, oh, oh, something's about to happen. <laughs> this is cool. How many kids? We have two, two boys, boys, 14 and 13. Teenagers. Yes. yes. We, teenagers. And I've they're got not the kidding great, when they say teenagers. <laughs> That's cool. And they shoot with us. They, they love guns and they love shooting and learning about guns. All right, you guys are, you said, one time you said in our interview about your nationality. I'm from Guyana, which is in South America. And I'm from Ghana, which is in West Africa, born there. Yeah, you want to help us out with some geography? In terms of where? Go deeper than that. Uh, of where Guyana is? And yeah, it's in South America. It's, um, it's on the continent of South America, but it's considered the Caribbean. So my parents, my dad's um, of African and Scottish descent, and my mom's Indian. So that's pretty much my genetic uh, makeup. Uh, Lola's from Ghana, which is in West Africa. West Africa, on the, gold, well, on the Gulf of West Africa. It's also known as the Gold Coast. Ghana's where a lot of uh, American uh, people of color probably came from through slavery, was through West Africa. So Ghana was, at that time, the kingdom. And so Nigeria, Togo, Benin, all of that was one big kingdom. Since that time, obviously, it's all been separated by different countries. But Ghana in of itself is still, you know, Ghana. Uh, actually, Ghana um, in Guyana, our African ancestry comes from Ghana, and we have heroes in Guyana that are Ghanaian. And we know that, because, for example, we have one that's called Kofi. It's one of the uh, first free slaves. And Kofi is a Ghanaian name. As a matter of fact, one of our sons has that name because of the day he was born on. So. Outstanding, outstanding. What would you like to tell the audience that doesn't know about Hank Strange, their YouTube videos, and all that you guys are doing right now? What can, what can I do to help push what you're doing? Uh, well, you're doing a lot right now, I think. I mean, I think you've done a lot for us. We've always appreciated that. 
you know, um, I would we would just say go to you know look us up on Google HankStrange.com. I'm on YouTube as Hank Strange. We've got what Instagram, everything, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook, you name it, we're there. And right. furthermore, if you're really looking for um, a channel that's not super tactical, a channel that's a family channel that shows you the real world of of gun use and firearms, that's what we present. We're not experts. We don't go out of our way to be you know, experts in what we're showing. We're we share showing. our lifestyle as it is. You know, I've got pinup videos on there. Some of them that Lola's in. You know, if you if you don't know about us, you can go check that out. Uh, because that's our lifestyle. I'm an artist. I'm creative, and uh, that stuff is from a project that I was working on. We just show people really what we're doing. You know, the kids training, us training. So look us up, and we appreciate the support of the people who do support us out there, including you. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Next up is a guy I met also at SHOT Show by the name of Joe. He's going to talk about this new rifle from OmegaArmory.com. I'm here at the NRA booth at the NRA show. Got a chance to check out Omega Armory. Um, I, I have Joe with me, and Joe just showed me this featherweight almost uh, AR-15, man. But tell me about the project yourself. The project started out of uh, the three-gun industry. We were sitting in a, with a bunch of shooters at a three-gun event, and they were all complaining about the weight of the guns. I said, I could make a five-pound gun. Not a problem. Go back to the shop, start working with uh, my machinist. We got a gun to around four pounds, 11 ounces. And I'm like, we're close enough, we can get to four and a half pounds. So we worked for a couple more months. We stripped every gram we could off of every part without reducing the structural integrity of the system. And we ended up with a gun that weighs four pounds, 6.8 ounces. Well under four and a half pounds. Uh, We've put this gun through its paces. We've got 15,000 rounds through this with tons of different ammo. And she's a runner. She just runs and runs and runs and runs. Doesn't kick. Muzzle doesn't jump. Once you get it on target, it stays on target. I saw a quick video, man. Tell me about the company itself, Omega. Omega Armory uh, is, uh, was founded by myself and Chris Gresick. Uh, we're both uh, in aerospace. We've, I've been in aerospace for the last... 22 years and we uh, decided if, if we can make airplane parts that we can make gun parts even better so uh, we sat down did some sketches came up with an AR design and the rest is magic okay where can we find more information about it you can visit us online at omegaarmory.com or facebook forward slash omegaarmory thank you so much man thank you Ken has spent decades as a gun rights activist, law enforcement, firearms instructor, federal agent, Christian pastor, father, or a friend. Get the book that tells what he couldn't say before. Head over to blackmanwithagun.com slash book now to get your copy today. And one of the cool things I remember this year, or I just was reminded this year, is that my whole purpose for doing the Black Man With A Gun podcast was to entertain to educate and to enlighten i'd love to have you come over and sit with me and we can just talk and tell stories and laugh and i can just share some stuff with you or even book a room somewhere where i can speak to an audience 
that would be like the ultimate for me. But when podcasting came out, I thought, hey, anybody who has a computer or a smartphone, then they can get my messages. And that's how this thing came about. Somehow I got twisted and got a little caught up in stuff. So it's my own issue. Like Mahalia Jackson's song, If I Can Help Somebody As I Pass Along, If I Can Cheer Somebody With a Word or Song, If I Can Show Somebody He Is Traveling Wrong, Then My Living Shall Not Be In Vain. I kind of forgot the purpose for this podcast. It's been going now for 372 episodes. That's a feat. Don't know how long it's going to keep going, but we're going to see. You know, every morning when I wake up, I have to be reminded that I'm a whole lot further than I was yesterday. Trying to let my inner critic kick my butt. I feel pretty good, actually. Job-wise, I don't even want to go there. But I'm, I'm closer than I ever have been on making my podcast a good podcast. My media thing a good media thing. I'm still looking for a job, but believe it or not, I want this to be it. I want to become this media guy that I've become. I mean, I, I really like this thing. I'm going to stick with it until it works. George Eliot says, never too late to become what you might have been. I believe that. I really do. I mean, I've been really down. Y'all don't understand how when I say I'm being down, I've been down. And I think some of it is because I lost my focus. I was a little strange, right? You no, know, this podcast used to be called the Urban Shooter Podcast. It was the Black Man with the Gun Live. It was, it's been a couple of things. And then I changed it to the Black Man with the Gun Show after I got the Black Man with the Gun Trans trademarked. But I was just thinking, I'm going to ask you a question. Should I keep it the Urban Shooter Podcast or make it the Black Man with the Gun Show? You tell me. Look forward to hearing that if you catch that bit. If you can remember it anyway, I mean, it's like a whole bunch of stuff happening. And, and I used to sing, right? Well, it wasn't me, it was Bones Hooks. Bones used to sing because it made me happy. I love when Bones sung. One, because nobody ever told him he could sing, and he didn't care. He's down here in the basement next to the washing machine, waiting between the cycles when the wife wasn't cleaning the whole house and stomping or he waited not he waited but I waited until it got dark till the house got quiet and I was podcasting and sometimes just to make myself feel a little bit better I'd sing a little song because I was terrified of singing in public but I worked that thing out am I ready for the Grammys heck no but I was just conquering a fear just facing it and again, it made me laugh. We threw jokes in here sometimes, and I guess the last, this last year, this podcast has been kind of more NPR-ish than I'd wanted to be. I didn't know that was a negative thing, but I heard some cool stuff. Some people said, hey, man, your voice is really soothing, and it makes me want to go to sleep. Some people say, yeah, man, uh, I listen to you when I, I want to fall asleep. I was like, wow, that's like, not the most happiest thing I want to hear. But I know my voice is soothing. It's made that way on purpose. I am created to be a comforter, to help people. Sometimes you need that. Tell the truth. 
So I took out all my side stuff. The pro-gun variety show kind of faded away, and it was just kind of straight. And I wasn't happy about it. So I'm going to warn you right now. From now until the show ends, I'm going to just be me. Franklin Della Roosevelt said, so Franklin Delanor Roosevelt said, it is common sense to take a method and try it. If it fails, admit it frankly and try another. But above all, try something. I like that. If you don't change direction, you may end up where you're heading. Blackmanwithagun.com So I'm sitting here, I'm waiting, thinking of all the stuff that I could have done. Remember how things used to be? How I couldn't wait for birthdays, and I couldn't wait for summer break, and I couldn't wait for Christmas, and I couldn't wait to drive, couldn't wait for sex, couldn't wait for the vote, couldn't wait to drink alcohol, to graduate, to get out of the house, to be on my own. Now I ain't got nothing to wait for. Hmm. Hey, Bones, I need you, brother. Who do you love? I'm back, baby. I don't care what you say. I walk 47 miles of barbed wire. I got a cobra snake for necktie. A brand new house on the roadside. And it's meant of a rattlesnake hide. Got a brand new chimney put on top. And it's meant of a human skull. Come on, take a little walk with me, baby. And tell me, who do you love? Next to my whip, take it easy, don't give me no lip. Who do you love? Who do you love? I got a tombstone hand, a graveyard mine. I'm just 52 and I don't mind time. Who do you love? Somebody screamed, you heard just what I seen.
introduce you to a new podcast that I'm starting called Motorcycle Radio. Yeah. Check it out. Coming soon. MotorcycleRadio.us I'm going to share my passion of motorcycles by introducing people and machines and the culture. Never ride alone again. From beginners to seasoned veterans, you can be part of the conversation on riding tips, tricks, storage, safety, equipment, touring, racing, traveling, or just motoring around the city. It's going to be family friendly, fun, and it will give you some good memories. Even if you don't ride, it's going to make you want to. Motorcycle Radio Podcast is coming out soon. Check it out. Uh, I'm building up real slow, trying to use all the stuff I've learned the last couple of years as a podcaster. MotorcycleRadio.us Black Man with a Gun is brought to you by BlanchardMediaGroup.com all right, I got a big shout-out list. I want to give a quick shout-out to Omega Armory, uh, my new friend, Doc Green of RagingElephantsRadio.com, to Bob Owens, to Cam Edwards, to Rob Morse, to my family, Argo J and Coleon Noir, and Crossbreed Holsters, Hank Strange, Chris Chang, and you. Thank you for rolling with it, brother. I wouldn't have made it this far without you. You know, we're only given one life. So give it your best shot. Until next week. Shalom, baby. Until next time, friends. To keep in touch with Ken and his cause, head over to blackmanwithagun.com. 